Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump Hey moms, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. This is episode 88 and we've been in a series called Help where we're trying to give moms all the answers and help to all the questions and things that we deal with. We've covered money, obedience, how to have a better morning, grief, Halloween, feeling left out, the need for control, and even our relationship with God. And guess what? There's more. (laughs) More to talk about. (laughs) We're not done yet. Infinitely more. Yes. So this topic today is pretty interesting because it's one that uh, Kate and I have been kind of researching for a while and honestly just like practicing on our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that we practice on our kids well, for the there podcast? Are, they, we, we genuinely <laughs> do. There are case subjects. Exactly. So we're like, hey, let's see if this really rings true in my own family. Yeah. So, but I'm excited to talk about this today because for me, it's personal because I've been talking to Abby about it. And so I'm just excited to share what we've learned. So today's episode is called Help. How to talk to my kids about sex. Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. I knew she was going to sing. You I knew did? It. I did. Yes. Yes. I knew it. Do you know that song? Just that line. Really? That's it. <laughs> Would you be surprised to know that I know every word? Oh, not surprised. <laughs> not surprised at all. No, no, no. Yes. Okay. So I'm in an interesting place with this because I have two teenage boys um, that obviously by this point in their life know about puberty and their changing bodies and sex. Uh-huh. But if I'm being honest, I didn't really have that discussion with them. I handed that off to their dad. Yeah. So he's the one that had to figure out how to talk to them about it. I don't know what happened behind that closed door. Okay. Um, the only thing I know is that he loves to normalize our discussion of it. Yeah. So we talk about, we use the words... We talk about the things. Nothing is taboo or off limits because he wants us to be able to bring it up in conversation and not be embarrassed. Do you say taboo? Taboo. Not taboo? Taboo. (laughs) Isn't there a game? Taboo? Taboo? Yeah. I think, uh, honestly, I think it's like potato, potato. I think you can say it either way. Taboo. I'm so sorry if I just derailed your whole train of thought. No, is that French? Do I sound French? (laughs) Yes. You sound very sophisticated. Okay, well... I haven't said that word in like 10 years. So, well, <laughs> but I, I, I love what time. you just said because I think normalizing it is the key there, right? Yes, 100%. And now that I have this little girl mm-hmm. that's 10, I feel like, okay, the ball's in my court. Sure enough, like, girl. I got to go behind the closed door with this one. Yeah. And see what, and it kind of snuck up on me. I don't know. Like, I knew it was coming. I mean, I do mom's ministry and I talk to teenagers, but I feel like it kind of snuck up on me. But then there's a part of me that's relieved because I don't know, it's not looming over my head anymore. Okay. Because I feel like we've had to dive in. Okay. So for those that are listening with younger kids, one of the things that I have read and heard over and over is that sooner is better. Mm -hmm. So with the unprecedented access that our kids have to technology, and even just the culture that we're currently living in, your kids are going to be hit with something before you know it, like before you even expect it. So, Kate, what have you seen in society or culture lately that's made you go, wow, we're already talking about that. Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I think for my middle child, um, 
she is right now she's 11 but a few years ago I remember her just trying to watch a show on like Disney Plus or Netflix or something and we were like one episode into it and it was cute and I thought everything was going to be fine um, and then she started watching the second episode on her own and it's a you know the rating was within her correct age limit um, but she came to me and she you know they were there was a homosexual couple on the show. And so, you know, then we had to talk about that and, and digest it and look at, you know, what do we believe about that? Okay. Now what do we do with this show? What do we do with future shows? Right. Yeah. Um, something there. And then I think it's honestly been interesting for me to have conversations with my freshmen in high school. Um, I try and, you know, be like you talked about, we normalize this stuff. And so sometimes when I pick him up from school, if he's the only one or I'm taking him somewhere and I've been listening to a podcast about um, transgender issues, sexual issues within our culture, I will go ahead and let him listen to whatever I've been playing so that we it can spur a conversation between the two of us. And it's been very interesting. All the things he's already experienced and seen um, especially relating to pronouns, um, where he's had to defend his faith uh, in a loving way, uh, things that I don't know that he, he would have necessarily just brought up if I didn't kind of create the environment for us to have the conversation. Exactly. No, the, the culture we live in is forcing us into these conversations. Cause I don't know that I would have taken them on as early as I have, but just like you said, with TV, it doesn't even matter if it's a Disney channel, they are introducing concepts and ideas that our kids have questions about and just like you said part of it is me looking at the rating going oh this is fine Mm -hmm. and then later having to follow up because something came out that I didn't know was there even commercials oh commercials like depending on when you're watching live tv Uh the commercials are bold yeah brash yeah I mean they are not hiding anything yeah and even just walking around out in town guys just going to the grocery store or hobby lobby I mean it's just so prevalent in our culture today, um, cross-dressing or transgender or whatever it might be, that I think our kids are just curious, you know? They're just sure. looking at different things going, I don't understand, or what is that, or explain it. Sure. So we're just having to have these conversations so much earlier. Well, yeah, and we drive through Dallas, and you see a billboard with a strip club, you know, and it's like, what? what is that? Okay, well, I'm so glad you asked. Let's have the conversation here. Yes. I would so much rather have a conversation right. with you right here, right now, right. than you getting your information somewhere else. Even the other day, Abs and I were in a, a massage place. Judd was getting a medical massage, and they have a poster up about um, human sex trafficking, you know? Wow. So she saw that, and of course she can read. So then her next question is, well, Mom, what's that? Wow. So, you know, and those are, those are good things that yeah. we want you know, people that are involved in that to be aware and have help. But then it's also a new conversation for us as parents with our kids seeing this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely think sooner is better, but I've also heard that it's better late than never. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've got older kids and you kind of missed that window. It's okay. You can still have these discussions anyway. And even if they maybe already know some of the answers or the parts or whatever, I still think it's good for you to tell it from your perspective. Yeah. They need to hear your voice speaking into these issues. So whether they haven't heard it and you get to talk about it for the first time or they have heard it and you're just following up, I think all of those are great places for us to start. Yeah, that's so good. So one thing, too, about, you know, not waiting too long is something to remember about the age of your family. 
that we want to characterize the age of our family by the oldest child in our family. So right now, my family is 14, almost 15 years old. And I have to keep that equation in mind, that age in mind, when I'm thinking about the two girls coming up underneath this boy. Because their experience is vastly different, right? I mean, think about it. 100%. Yes. And I think I think having that lens also helps me when I think about you know, letting my kids play at another kid's house where all the kids are older, you you just kind of have to factor all of that in mm-hmm. that it changes things. Yes. And so with your first child, it may be that it's 11 years old or something before they're starting to ask questions about this. But you may find that your eight-year-old or nine-year-old is asking questions that, that the now 11-year-old would have never even been thinking about at that age. Exactly. No, I agree with that. That's such a good point because I have a 16-year-old. So, yeah, we've, you know, just in movies, joking, just the way things go in your household, things come out different when you have older teenagers in the house, mm-hmm. and those littles are hearing all that stuff. Yep. For sure. So one of the things that um, I know we all like to do, especially as mamas, is we want all the safeguards and filters. Yeah. Because we think that we're going to protect these kids from anything and everything. But there's no perfect bubble where Mm. our kids are safe and innocent from everything. So let me help shift your perspective. Instead of trying our best to, like, close their eyes and ears to everything scary and sexual, what if instead our goal was to build internal filters in our children? That there's a voice inside of them that alerts them when something is wrong or out of place. That they have an understanding of right from wrong. And then that they have a game plan of what to do if they stumble upon it. Because really, that's that idea about the Holy Spirit, you know. That we want them to have um, something inside of them that's alerting them when things are off. Instead of just trying to keep them basically separate from all things evil. Right. And you're not saying don't put the guardrails there, right? We do, we put the guardrails on, right? We lock down their phones and their computers and the access and we have the discussions. But like you just said, we cannot, it's unrealistic to think you're going to be able to guard your child from everything. Exactly. And obviously as mamas, we want to do that. We do that in lots of ways. So think about this idea, this idea of preempt to prepare, Okay. Preempt to prepare. So here's an example. Like when your child was finally tall enough to reach the stove, then we had this discussion about, okay, on the stove, we cook hot things. And if you reach your hand up and touch the stove, you could burn your hand. So we were preempting the danger by preparing them as to what they should do. We actually do that a lot in motherhood. So can you think of any other ways that we preempt to prepare? Crossing the street. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, that very first time that they're about to run across the street, that you put your hand in front of them and you grab them and you say, okay, whoa, before we cross the street, we stop, we look both ways. Yes. Also, like going to the dentist. Yeah. Hey, we're going to the dentist today. You're going to sit in this big chair and they're going to tell you to open your mouth. You know, we talk them through different things. First day of school. Exactly. That's what I was thinking too. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. Here's what's going to, you're going to have snack time and lunch time. Yeah. Um, Even like I thought this was interesting, the star test. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like teachers start preempting to prepare those kids for the star test super early. Super early. We start talking about the star test and like, I don't know now. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. You know, we just like talk about it all the way up to it. But there's an idea there that you're trying to familiarize your child with what's coming so that when they are faced with that situation, they know what to do. So the same thing with talking to our kids about their bodies and sex should be no different. We should preempt to prepare that we are trying to help our kids have an understanding of what's coming 
And part of that is because we're trying to take that burden off their shoulders that when they get there, they don't know what to do. I thought this was so fascinating that sometimes when a a kid is not prepared to have, like maybe a girl doesn't know anything about her period and then she just gets it one day at school. Yeah. That creates fear, embarrassment. There's so much that goes with it. Whereas if she had known before that happened, she would have had like an idea of what to expect. Mm -hmm. Same thing with pornography. If we don't teach our kids about pornography and then they do stumble across it, which statistics show they will, Mm -hmm. if they don't know what to do in that moment, it actually creates more fear and more guilt and more shame. Right. Whereas if we had preempted that with, hey, here's what potentially could happen, they're more prepared to handle the situation. That's so good. Yes. So let me tell you what happened for us a couple weeks ago. So one of the books that Kate and I got for us to kind of research is this book called The Care and Keeping of You, the body book for younger girls. It's actually put out by the American Girl Company. And it's all about a young girl's body and how it changes. And it was, it was great. I loved the way that it took me through like all the way from the beginning to the end. So I didn't have to think of, okay, what do we talk about next? But it's like, it's even stuff about body odor and washing your hair. And um, and then you get into the things about puberty and your period and your menstrual cycle and all that kind of stuff. But Abby was fascinated by it. She loved it. That's I mean, awesome. it was like, she wanted to read, 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 read. And I have to be like, okay, hold on. Because it's a lot of information to tell sure. your kid. But she loved it. So when we got to the part about puberty, that kind of word, you know, we say it a lot. But she was like, okay, we'll explain what that means. And then, okay, girls do that and boys do that. And we talked about all those things. We got done with that chapter. And a few minutes later, she comes back to me and she says, mom, can I tell you something? I don't know about you, but when my child says that, I get a little bit like, mm, sure. But coming? you tell your you tell your brain to tell your face to not move. Don't show anything. Yeah. She said, like I don't know, a year ago, I was watching a YouTube video, and it was these nurses that were teaching us about our bodies and like what a disease is and what a broken bone is. And I remember that they talked about puberty, and I think I saw some things online, like the pictures in the book. Okay. Oh my gosh, like. You know, my, sure. I just was like, oh, uh-huh. and so we talked about it and it took several conversations for us to kind of unravel what she had seen. Okay. It was an educational video, but they probably had, you know, talked about some stuff that went with puberty that she wasn't ready for. But here's what I was so fascinated by, because over and over what I've read and heard is that when kids don't have language to explain what they see. They internalize it and hide it, and then it becomes guilt and shame. Sure, yeah. But when you give your kids the words to explain it, they are much more apt to tell you and ask questions and find freedom. And she did exactly that. Like, she had no idea how to describe that video previous to us reading this book together, and then her going, oh, I think I've seen that before. That's incredible. I was amazed. I was amazed. And I thought, you know what? That really reinforces the idea that she just needs me to help teach her some things so that when she comes across them, she has a better idea of how to handle that. Yeah. And it's so difficult because we don't know when our kids are going to come across this stuff. Right. And so part of us is wondering, is it time? Is it right? But honestly, moms, I think the sooner the better that you start talking about these things with your kids. Yeah, agree. I remember Caleb was like nine years old when he first asked us about sex and or he might have been eight. I mean, he was young. But for some reason, he was very into science and biology and things like that. 
And so when it first came up and the, the way he was asking his questions, I just went at it from a science perspective and I, but I did not hold back cause he kept asking questions, you know? So then we're talking about, and just heads up, we're about to use some words here, but then I start talking to him about what the penis does, what the vagina does, like, you know, right, using right. all the things, talking it all the way through. Um, and to the point where I was like, okay, well we just actually did the whole thing. Cause he just kept asking <laughs> questions. Right. Right. Um, and it felt so natural and I never wanted him to feel like, you know, he couldn't ask those questions. Um, one thing I did say, and I think this is always just really helpful is, you know, Hey, this conversation that we're having here between the two of us, this is, this is stuff that we're talking about in our family. So we're not going to go and share this information on the playground because we want those parents to be able to have those conversations with their children. And if you hear other kids talking about these things, just walk away. Because these aren't the kind of conversations we need to be having on the playground. Well, and that's what I would say. Most of the time, your kids are hearing stuff on the playground. Yeah. They're hearing stuff in class or, I mean, who knows what YouTube videos. I mean, some of them are educational, but they're teaching them these things. And so they've got questions. They're curious. You know, God created us to be curious. We want our kids to be curious. And they need to feel like the safest place for them to ask their questions is with you. Yep. But if you never talk about it, and you get embarrassed when it comes up. And even I would say this, if you try and make up words for certain body parts, Mm -hmm. it doesn't become like, okay, this is a real thing. This is part of our bodies. This is how God created us. They might go other places to get those questions answered. Yeah. And we want them to come to us. We want to be the safe place for them. Yeah, that's right. So this book is one of the books that Kate and I will recommend to you guys today. It's called The Care and Keeping of You for Girls. But there's also a guy version called Guy Stuff, The Body Book for Boys. And this is what's so funny. So my 13-year-old is, you know, way past this. Mm -hmm. He knows all these things. But I was like, hey, so I'm doing this research for a podcast. Uh Would you just look through this book and see if there's... Rebecca? Oh, my gosh. It was hilarious because I could tell he was like, mom. Uh But it was amazing the things that we were able to have a conversation about after that, that we, he already, he's already been through these things, but it just opened up an avenue for us to talk Moms, you're just looking for that avenue for a safe spot for you to talk to your kids. And I know if you've got multiple kids in the home, just like Kate said, it does take some fancy footwork to get alone in the car or to have a moment right before you tuck them in to have these conversations. But if you're not seeking an opportunity to do that, the world will find a chance to do it. And they're not going to present the information in the way that you want it to be presented. Right. So once our kids understand their bodies, their body parts and puberty, then we can really begin this discussion about sex and pornography. And just like Kate said, I don't think you have to take every kid the same with what you tell them. Caleb was curious. Yeah. So you had the open door to kind of share some stuff that he was ready to take in, but you may have another kid that's not ready for all that stuff. So another great book that we want to recommend is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have not read this with Abby. I read it myself, and it is so good. It definitely helps put some ideas and words to things that I just, I didn't know how to explain, but it also seems heavy. You know, it's a lot. When I did it with Caleb, I want to say he might have been in sixth grade, and it just so happened that he and I were at the house. I don't know where Daddy and the girls were, Um, but I said, we'd had some initial conversations about this topic, right? Um, as we had had the sex talk and some of that kind of stuff. And I said, Hey, I am cleaning the house 
I have this book that I'd like to read with you. Um, so what I want to do is I've already read it. Would you sit down here at the counter while I'm cleaning the kitchen and read a chapter? Then there's questions at the end. So as you, after you read the chapter, let me know when you're ready to talk about the questions. And then we would talk about the questions. And I tried to just keep it where it was like real loose, right? Mm-hmm. He's sitting there taking in the information when he's ready. We're having a conversation about it. Um, so that it just felt like a very relaxed environment. It didn't feel, I didn't, I just didn't want it to be like overwhelming or too heavy. Um, and you know, for him that was right and it was the right time and we were ready to go. Um, but I was glad that I had that resource when I saw the window. Well, and that's the thing. I think if you're like got young babies in your house right now, maybe it's just you kind of checking out some resources just to have in your library for when the time comes available. And if you are past, you know, you, you've got older kids and you're like, Oh, I haven't done any of that. Well, go do it. Go check out the library or go order a book or borrow. I mean, honestly, Kate and I are borrowing these books back and forth. Just find a friend that has it and borrow it. And just, you know, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity. It was honestly amazing to me when I decided to sit down and read these books with Abby, how parts of my calendar opened up that do not normally open up. But I feel like God wants us to have these discussions with our kids because to him, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Their bodies are beautiful. Sex is beautiful. And our world has tried to steal that beauty for evil and shame. And so God wants you to have opportunities to talk to your kids and to hold up God's creation and give it glory. But the world wants to steal that from you. So I do think that when you get the right resources, it enables you to have conversations in a way that takes away some of that like embarrassment or stigma. Uh, I love the Good Picture, Bad Picture book because just like Kate said, at the end of every chapter, it gives you questions. You don't have to think them up. You just talk to them with your kid. Yeah. So it's already ready to go. Um, And another resource that we wanted to talk to you guys about today is an Instagram feed called Birds and Bees by Mary Flo Ridley and her daughter Megan. Is it Ridley or Ridley? I mean, I bet Ridley. Mary Flo. I normally just hear, hear, hear her called Mary Flo. But listen, it has the most amazing short videos that tackle common questions and strategies for talking to your kids about sex. And honestly, it's so easy to watch. You can watch it in your feed and it just takes like a couple minutes. Like what is it like 60 seconds or 90 seconds? And it gives you words to use maybe in daily conversation. What can we talk about today? Because what they say is that you should start super young talking to your kids with the right words for the right body parts but relate it all back to creation, that God puts a seed in the ground to grow a plant. And just like that seed that he grows a tree from or a flower from, he puts a seed in a mom to grow a baby. It's ways that you can talk to very young kids about God's order, God's creation, God's beauty, but not use words that are too over their heads. I love that. And they're just really neat people. So we're going to put that in the show notes as well, how you can find this Instagram birds and bees so that you can get the great content too. And then a couple other little things that I just wanted to share is number one, think about um, drip by drip. That as moms, we're just constantly dripping truth into our kids over and over. And so instead of feeling like, just like Kate said, it's got to be some monumental occasion where you like take two hours and you sit down, that really if you'll start now just dropping these truths into your kid's bucket just periodically each day, that when it comes time to have a bigger discussion, you've already set the stage. They already know so much that they're able to handle the information better. 
So don't think of it as like, oh my gosh, I have to have this big conversation. It's just little by little moms that we're starting to teach our kids about their bodies. Second thing is just to think about picking your pain. I mean, I have teenagers and the things that they've had to be um, introduced to, I hate. I hate that they have to deal with this at school, in classrooms, on sports teams, on TV, in music, but they do. Yeah. And I need them to be leaders. Mm -hmm. I need them to be influencers. And if they don't have God's truth in their hearts, they can't do that. And so even though the pain of having to see them kind of lose that innocence and grow up, I know that God can use that for good. But I would rather that come from me and their dad introducing them to these topics than the pain of them making a big mistake that we have to then go back and kind of like backpedal a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage you moms that when you think about who you want to be the voice speaking into your children on this subject, I want it to be you. So take the opportunities that God give you and talk about it. So I think that's so important for us to be the voice. Um, You know, growing up, this this was just completely different. We this is an area where we've tried to be different in our home than than what it was like for me. Um, My mom said because I actually asked her about this, and she said she tried to talk with me about sex, and I was like, no. Ooh, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about my body, you know. So I remember she handed me this book. It was like a textbook, dude. It was huge. It was this huge book. And I remember like reading through it and being like, oh my gosh. And I had a slumber party one night with a girlfriend and we both looked through it and we're like, wow, this is a lot of information. (laughs) But that was kind of the end of the discussion. I mean, we just, we didn't ever really talk about it. I didn't learn. um, I, I learned about tampons and how to use them from looking at the diagram inside the box like when I open the box there's like a picture thing it's like an Ikea you know like this is how you use this thing you know um I you know and that's my what my mom had used I didn't know people use pads I mean there was just like all this stuff I just had no idea about um thankfully I was generally pretty sheltered you know growing up it's very different than what my girls have been exposed to um and and even Caleb, I remember like the most scandalous show on TV was friends, you know, just because they were like having premarital sex and stuff. We weren't even, we were barely, barely even touching the issue of all of this other sexual ambiguity and confusion that we deal with in our day and time, you know, and now, I mean, premarital sex is just, it just seems to be rampant. I remember growing up, they, you know, there would be conservatives and stuff. They're like, it's on the rise. Well, okay. Well, I mean, they would, they're probably rolling over in their graves right now with like the amount of things that are out there right now. And so I really do think it's wonderful. I feel like, um, our generation of moms are trying to do a good job of talking about all the things and making it safe to talk about the things. There are things Caleb says to me and things that he brings up that I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, we're talking about this. We're saying, you know, the M word that ends with sturbate, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that's a lot for me, but I just keep a poker face. And, um, cause actually that came up on one of the podcasts we were listening to that word. And then he and I had a conversation about it, like something I never thought he and I would have had a conversation about, but I'm like, poker face, poker face, let's have the conversation. Um, I will say that for Caleb, Jeremy did when he, when Caleb turned 13, Jeremy took him on a guy's camping trip. And they talked about all the things, like all the things, like things that are dripping out now that I'm like, wow, okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's fine, great. You know, y'all had this camping trip. And so I'm looking forward to doing something similar with Lydia, but you know, I'll probably do it with her at 12. 
um, because her body is is already in a very different place than um, Caleb was at 13. And so, you know, that's going to be coming up for me and looking at that. And um, so thankful I've had some good examples of other moms who've gone before me and have kind of done that with their girls. Uh, but I think that's a place where moms, as moms, we have to be talking about this so that we can get resources and information from each other. We have to be talking about this inside of our homes and outside of our homes so that we're normalizing it everywhere because we've we've got to be talking about this. If we are going to help our kids, they need our help so much in this area. Well, and I think it, what you said is so important that as moms, if I can just glean wisdom from other moms that have gone ahead of me, it's going to help me so much. And our kids are going through puberty at different ages and times, just like you said with Caleb and Lydia, they're different. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think is important for us as moms is just to know our kids. Yeah. Like know where your kids at. What are they talking about at the school lunch table? What words have they heard? What changes are going on in their body? You know, just keeping that open line of communication Moms, it's just, honestly, it's so cool to me to think that what you said, Kate, that you could talk to Caleb about some of these things you never thought you could talk about. Yeah. Honestly, that's amazing to have that kind of relationship with your son where they feel okay with saying these things out loud to their mom. Yeah. To me, what it says is that setting them up for more success later in life as a husband Mm. and as a father that we're teaching our kids that this is something that is so important that we're willing to get uncomfortable to talk to them about it. And don't be scared to do it. I really think that the Holy Spirit inside of you is your gut. He is telling you, lean in, say the word, ask the question, set aside some time, order the book, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in this conversation. Because just just like we talked about before, this is beautiful to God. Yes. And so he is not embarrassed by it. And if our world wants to take it and taint it, then we have to make sure that our kids know the truth of the word so they know what God says about it. That's right. One of the really important words that you have said in this conversation is shame. I feel like, in part because this wasn't discussed in the various circles I was in, in a healthy way, all I understood about sex in my body, let me tell you truly, I felt like, first of all, I developed very early, um, and even I remember being in sixth grade, and this group of boys, they sent a messenger over to ask me if I stuffed my bra. Um, and I remember that being like, it's actually, it was kind of a traumatic thing for me. And for sure. I cried because yeah. I was like, no, like, I wish I could take these things away. <laughs> you know, yes. I don't like being different. Um, and, you know, just, it hurt me so much that they would think that, but I developed early and then I think, you know, becoming a Christian and then feeling like I needed to hide those parts of my body because it was sexual or enticing to men. I didn't have anybody that was really talking to me about, um, that God made my body beautiful and I didn't need to hide it. Uh, I have all kinds of issues there um, relating to my parents and stuff. But then I think, you know, I didn't have conversations about sex. So then going into marriage and really what I knew about sex was it was dirty. I mean, really, truly, the exposure I had had was stuff like Friends or movies I had seen where people were having premarital sex. You know, it's not nobody wants to make a movie about this sweet married couple that goes to church and then, you know, has sex two times a week or what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And so I had no idea, like frequency, what was okay, what wasn't okay, um, you know, to embrace my body, let my husband love my body and not be ashamed of it, not feel like I had to hide it from him. I mean, 
my goodness, I've just had so much I've had to work through. And um, so I think I love what you said about choosing your pain because I don't want my children to experience shame about their bodies, either for my son or for my girls. Um, I want them to know, like you said, that they are beautiful creations by God, that he knit them together with intentionality, um, that he's the potter and they're the clay. There's nothing wrong with them. They are beautifully and wonderfully made. All those truths, that those just get dripped into them. Um, and to feel okay to ask me questions about them changing and, you know, for my girl to come to me and say, Mom, is this armpit hair? You know? And like us have a conversation about it where I just I, I just never felt like I could even bring that up. Um, and shaving and why we use a razor and which one's the best one. And, you know, um, body odor, all those kind of things. And then to be able to talk about sex in a way that honors God so that we can really say that this is a gift that he made. You know, um, I really tried to, when I had the chance to, to speak to older high school girls and talk to them about sex, we talked about the concept of the fire in the fireplace. And so moms, in case this is helpful for you, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. We talked about how, um, you know, if you're in a home and you take some wood and lighter fluid and a match, and you light a fire in the middle of the living room, well, what's going to happen to that home? What's going to burn the house down, right? But if you take those same ingredients and you put it where it's supposed to be inside of the fireplace, like where it's meant to have the fire, then it actually becomes this really great thing that warms the home, puts off a beautiful light. It's, it's warmth, it's goodness. And that's exactly like sex and marriage, that sex outside of marriage can be damaging and destructive, that sex inside of marriage is beautiful and wonderful. And when God made our bodies, he, he didn't like close his eyes and like wiggle a magic wand and, and make things on the man that would feel good and make things on the woman that would feel good. No, he, he, he could have done that. He, well, first of all, he could have made sex that was just purely for procreation, right? He totally could have done that. And it could have just been this like automatic exchange so that we make babies and fill the earth. But he didn't. Our very good God, who intentionally made each of us, made parts on the man and parts on the woman to have sensations that would feel good when those things were activated. And that's by God's very good design. It's like how you can eat an amazing steak and it's like, oh my gosh. So we have sensations to be able to enjoy the things that God has created. And that is good, but it's good within the, the confines of how he's created it. And so I think we can have conversations with our children um, that bring it back to God's goodness, bring it back to the Bible, and help remove the shame that our enemy would love to place there to steal, rob, kill, destroy, because that's what he loves to do. Okay, moms, we've had a great discussion today on how to talk to our kids about sex and their bodies changing and puberty and all the things that happen. And we just want to encourage you to take a look at our show notes with some of the resources that we've listed, because these are things that we vetted and we feel really good about. Yeah. <laughs> and we do think that there is great information out there, but we want to connect you with the stuff that we think is the best. So thanks so much for listening today. And honestly, just spend some time with the Lord later and just 
Tell him how much you care about your kids and that you want to be that open, safe place where they feel like they can come to you and ask questions. And just ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you when you need to lean into a conversation with your child. Or like we talked about earlier, just drip some truth on them. Just put that in their little hearts because as they grow, they really are going to get a bigger understanding of God's goodness and what he designed for their bodies and sex. So thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Bye moms. One easy way you can help another mama is by sharing this podcast with her. If you have laughed, been encouraged, and gotten help here, would you take a moment to share this podcast on your socials? Text the link to a friend and leave a rating and review. Thanks for your help in getting the word out to mamas about this space we've created just for them.